Sis Millie, can I call you Sis Millie? <laughs> yes, good mantra, good morning, and good morning to your listeners. How are you? I'm very well in you. I know, like this, like that, COVID-19 level one. Some of us are still a little <laughs> confused as to how to navigate the space. Exactly. Gee, Heritage Month, how has it been? What did you celebrate this time, Heritage Month-wise? What did you focus on? Um... Well, look, it was more about family. I think because I am Mopedi, you know, as Babedi, uh, we embrace Ubuntu, you know. So we had to look colorful. Let's not even forget our traditional attire. It's so colorful, you can't even miss it. So this year's Heritage Day was kind of different. We went all out. Yeah. Good <laughs> Because for me, it would be incomplete if the Naka is missing there. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> nice to have you. But, but you know, how do you describe yourself? If, if somebody says, but who's Mili, Mari? Yeah, Mili. Mili is a girl from, uh, who grew up in Timbisa, uh, in Kupanong section. Uh, even though I'm Mopedi, you know, we were, we are one of those babies that never grew up, you know, in Limpopo. We were, you know, born and bred and battered here in Timbisa, you know. So lived with my grandmother, so I'm a granny child, um, because my mom passed on at a very young age. So I've lived with my grandmother and my two aunts. And, yeah, my grandmother left us as well. And then it's just me and my aunts now. So that is who Mili is, right? And Millie has moved around a bit. Millie went um, to school, read books, came out with a marketing <laughs> qualification, but yes. is not operating in that space. That's a very weird thing, eh, Budmanja? It's funny how uh, you study something and you think you're going to become the marketing guru or a guru in that specific field. And then God says to you, you know what? That is not even where you are going. This is the direction you are going because having a marketing diploma thought I would work for these big advertising companies, you know. But for some reason, I couldn't even find a job there. The only places that I could find a job was in temporary employment services. And they do a lot of HR. So I had to now start learning, you know, HR and all the lingo and all the four pillars that they had because they did recruitment, payroll, um, IR, and training and development. But for some reason, training and development was somehow my favorite. It kept on popping up that, you know what, I think this is what I want to do more and explore this more than the other pillars. Because, I mean, I mean it's, it's almost like moving from one extreme to the opposite extreme. I know. I know. It was a totally <laughs> different... You know what, I even asked myself that, why didn't I study HR actually? Like, this doesn't make sense, eh? But it's, it's being a child, and you know what, my, what I loved about my granny, she let me be myself. So at that time, I thought, you know what, marketing is who I am. And she just said, you know what, as long as it's your dream and it's what you think you're good at, you go for it. And I realized that, okay, maybe it was just a stage growing up, you know, this is actually what I should have studied. This is actually my calling, 
you know, because I'm very good with people, even though, you know, I didn't end up in in marketing, but I'm definitely good with people. And with training and development, somehow, you know, that skill helped me. You know, it helped me forge relationships with, especially male counterparts, um, with Manda, because they can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> those things. <laughs> now, Sismili, there you are. You, you, you know, the universe challenges you to HR. You get there, you like it, and uh, you know the teacher in you, you know, starts bubbling under. You go into training. This is where you've stayed for the longest time. Yes. Sure. I, I wouldn't. It, it, it hasn't been easy or all bags of roses um, because the industry that we're in, it's, it's the metal industry. It's more unionized, more males, you know. So there has been a few walls and barriers that I had to break through. And I think one of my, you know, barriers that I successfully or that I want to actually talk about is that, you know, what, forging trust and forging relationships um, with with my male counterparts was the biggest highlight for me because it takes years and I didn't job hop a lot. I stayed, you know, for a long time at one company. So for me to be able to do that, that I, when I walked in, you know, because the first time I walked in to chair meeting, I was looked at, you know, so, and, you know, the third, fourth time as I walked in into the into the meeting to to speak to them, it it became different because now the trust was was there. You know, the relationship was forming slowly. So I think to me that is that was one of my biggest challenges and one of the first thing that I actually said, you know what, this one I want to make sure that I break and then I build trust with my, with my people and make sure that, you know, I, I forge that relationship with them. You know what's interesting about that is that uh, you saw this challenge. Uh, you didn't walk away. You didn't just complain and complain and do no, nothing about it. No you found a way of navigating that space and make your presence felt, which I think is commendable. You know what, sometimes um, you you have to face the challenge ahead because I'm not a quitter. You know, when I, when I was starting to get grabbed into this training and development, um, my previous company, you know, I failed the SDF course and I thought, okay, am I doing this again or not? And I thought I'm doing it again. So because I underestimated the course, I thought, hmm, it looks easy and all of that. So you know what, you have to sometimes just bite things as they are and just get what you want and motivate yourself, you know. You you can't wait for people to come and motivate you. You need to motivate yourself that I'm going to do this, this is what I want, this will take me to where I want to be, so I need it, you know. So that's one thing I know about my, me, that I don't just let things pass and give up that all. My it girl. didn't happen. My it didn't girl. happen. My girl right there. Now you've moved on. I mean, you've learned over time. I mean, you operate the EIE group. You work with heavy machinery, probably supplying your mines and whatever. Those pink companies mm-hmm. where muscle really, really works. You know, but man, just on the mention on EIE group, 
Toyota Forklift is actually part of the EIE group. So it has a mixture of heavy machinery and material handling. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. So we, we do both. And yes, we do supply to, to the mines, but with uh, the material handling, anything that needs to be moved, our machine can move it. So this is wearing boots, overalls, and kukuru. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Women are giving money, are giving a men, uh, uh, sorry, pardon me, uh, men a run for their money, hey? Because women are fixing those machines now, hey? But women can get underneath those machines and fix them like they are men, you know? So it's nice to see the transition that's happening that, you know what, we're having a lot of women that are entering our industry, that are entering our business as well, you know, young women. So it's great to see that, you know what, they actually have the skill, you know. They also can be compared to our male counterparts. To, to, to get that going, Asmili, uh, to get companies to buy in, to get women to believe in themselves enough to say we can do this, uh, how has that been in your experience? Um, it, you know what, one thing I love about women is that when we want something, to be honest, we do go out and get it. So women have been sitting at TVET colleges for the opportunities. So what we've been doing uh, as Toyota Forklift is that we've actually been going out to TVET colleges and partnering with them and saying, hey, every year when we recruit, we want a number of so much uh, females and so much males. And we're actually taking more um, females. Because of our machines are moving more into electrical, we're also taking women that are, have studied electrical as well. So from N2 to um, N4, we took we take those kind of um, learners. So it has been a challenge because obviously there's still that gap between um, higher education and training and um, uh, uh, workplace. But mm-hmm. somehow, because of we've built that relationship um, with Department of Higher Education, I mean, we we have a project... Really, please hold that thought for me. I, I like where you're coming. Hold that thought for me for a second, please, ma'am. Love the outdoors and nature? Then don't miss Natural History Dynasties. We start off with the making of on the last Sunday of September. Then in the first week, we have Chimpanzee. Week 2, Emperor. In the third week, we have Lion. And we end off the month with Painted Wolf. This is Natural History Dynasties every Sunday at 6.30pm, only on SADC3. We're chatting to Sis Millicent Tempella, Sisi was a Tembisa, who is now going easy into easy heavy. Ask me, we were still talking yeah, about, um, you know, the, the, the development of, of, you know, getting people from schools, you know, giving them the numbers so that uh, you push for equality. Yes. So um, what, what we, we were busy with just before our lockdown is that we've partnered with um, the NEC's office, um, Banyaza's office, where you know they started an initiative where schools are turning into schools of specialization. Yes. So what we did as Toyota Forklift is that together with the support of our MD, Chantal Malherbe and our CEO, Gary Newbert, we 
actually knocked at the MEC's office. And surprisingly, we all had the same idea. So the School of Specializations, it, it mainly deals with occupations. So children don't have to anymore um, study science if they don't want to. If they want to be hairdressers, they can go to a school that specializes in, you know, beautician and all those kind of things. And, you know, what the project aims to do is that let's move away from forcing um, children to doing what we want or doing what they actually, you know, cannot even do or they don't have, you know, the, the skill to do it. And you might find that they're good at something else, you know. So that project really helped because now what we're doing is we've, we've adopted a school in Tembisa, um, TKM, where it's a technical school. They do from grade 10 to 12. They've got electrical, mechanical, and welding. So what we're doing is we, we're teaching them from grade 10 um, to 12 our apprenticeship program, basically. So we've split it into levels where we know that, okay, the apprenticeship program usually runs for four years, but in three years it can be done, and we can dissect it per grade until grade 12. So once they're done with grade 12, they've actually reached a certain portion of the apprenticeship program. And once they come into the business, because the aim obviously is to also make sure that we partner in the school, with the school for a long term, that we bring in the students um, once they, they're done with metric, that we bring them in for workplace experience and we have them qualify in a forklift mechanic grade field or automotive um, uh, uh, electrician because we've got different trades in our business. Gee, that's really in lips and bounds. You are changing the way we look at education. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think we, you know what, the 21st century has already hit us and I think we're moving very slowly. So I, I, I loved the NEC's idea of schools of specialization. It um, eliminates a lot of um, unconfidence and a lot of confusion for our kids. Mm-hmm. It's straightforward, and oh. that's what I, I loved. Do you foresee in the long term, um, us bridging the gap of the, the gap between apprenticeship skills and us importing skills instead of developing them in the country? Remember that um, uh, while we have apprenticeships, is because already artisans are a skill skill in our country, and. You know, the Department of Higher Education gave us a mandate as employers or as the industry that we, we're not just training for our own, you know, business, but we're training for South Africa so that people can be more employable. So apprenticeships will always be a skill skill and the numbers keep rising of, you know, the target that we, we must reach. And, you know, with, with having CETAs as well involved, it helps businesses as well to just have that co-funding to assist us into uh, making sure that we reach that target. Yeah, I love the way you do things. Obviously, you've (laughs) adopted schools as well to say, if you are not academically inclined, you could be Mm. technically inclined and have a successful career. Exactly. You know, I think gone are those days when we used to think um, people that or, or, or children that go to TVET colleges are, you know, 
there's just this mentality, <clears throat> excuse me, that children that go there, um, well, didn't do well at school. It's not about that. Math and science is very difficult, and you still get it at a TVET college when you want to complete your native subject. So I think we need to break away from that and start seeing that, you know what, there's actually a future with working with your hands. And yes, some of us are actually good with our hands instead of being academic. And, you know, I guess we can't all be academics as well. You know, who's going to fix our trains? Who's going to fix, you know, our, I don't know, lights, all those things. You who's going to help ESCOM? <laughs> who's going to help ESCOM? ESCOM, please. You know, we need artisans, you know, to, to do all the, Who's going to work at these power stations? We need uh, turbine fitters to do that. So it's, it's those kind of mentalities that I think we need to still, you know, break away from that. Being at a TVET college or studying, um, you know, native um, engineering is, is not because you didn't do well at school. It's quite difficult. Yes. It's really difficult. And remember, they're studying in three months. Everything has to be done in three months. So I think that is very hard. Those are sharp people. 12 minutes mm. to 5 on SFM. Sis Millicent Impella, a mover and a shaker and a skills developer of note. I think the teacher in her is standing <laughs> now. It shows. Hashtag Heritage Month 2020. SFM celebrates our living heritage by promoting cultural diversity, social cohesion, reconciliation, peace, and economic development. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, this year we shall not be able to gather in big numbers as we usually do to celebrate our cultural heritage of the many cultures in South Africa. Even though the pandemic is keeping us apart, let's keep the fires of our cultural diversity burning virtually and in your own homes. SAFM, leading the conversation. Coming up at 10 minutes to 5, news on the hour with Lomsam Luli and of course Elvis Presley will bring you today's edition of uh, First Take SA. Assis Millicent Mpela is still with us. Assis Mili, please talk to us about uh, the Career Hub. The Career Hub. Yes, please. So me and a friend of mine started a WhatsApp um, movement where we created this group called Career Hub. In there is unemployed women. So um, what we do in there is that we give them interview tips. We post jobs in there as well. And, you know, the group has been very successful because, you know, I must say that 60 to 70% of the people that were in that group exit the group because they've now found jobs. But the, the group keeps on growing and moving because obviously there's more people unemployed and you know we're just trying to do our bit it might not be enough it might be a zero zero point one percent that we 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 closing that loophole for unemployment but i think because we're doing something it motivates uh you know these ladies and it gives them hope that you know what there is somebody at least that is thinking about me that is you know sending me jobs and then you know surprisingly these ladies are applying and they will give us feedback of how the interview went, where they think they went wrong, you know, 
to some extent, we will e- even call them personally, you know, to just train them on how, you know, when they get there, how to remove the nerves, you know, and how to ace the interview and get the job. So that is what weekends I'm busy with a lot of the times. You are quoted as, a, you are quoted as saying, it is important to keep developing yourself. Remain abreast of industry trends and stay on top of your game. Always be eager to learn. Respect your colleagues at every level. Uh, all of this will stand you in good stead. Stay away from office gossip and politics. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I said all of that because I believe that as women, somehow we have a uh, a way of... Um, I don't know what's the right word of just speaking ill of each other or when we see one woman leading, we just have a problem of supporting each other. Instead, we, you know, will speak ill of each other. So that was just me, you know, trying to encourage women that, you know, if one woman leads, you know, let's all be, you know, the cheerleader in a nutshell. Let's not be the ones that will bring her down, you know, per se. Because that is what I see that's happening in our industry, you know. So for me, that has worked. You know, staying away from office gossip, you know, going the extra mile and doing actually what I came in to do and actually, you know, succeeding in it. So that that has helped me and I hope it helps somebody else out there as well. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to navigate, let alone talk about, because sometimes when you bring this subject to the fore, people look at you like, oh, who do you think you are? Or you think you're mm-hmm. better coffee? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. That is what me. You know, with COVID-19, sis Mili, I mean, the reports that came out yesterday, the second quarter of the year, 2.2 million jobs lost. Your sector? So. Um, you know what, I think COVID has had impact on every um, industry. Um, you know what, I, I cannot say, you know, how much the financial impact was. We can see and we can hear by the numbers of retrenchments and jobs that have been lost that obviously it has hit, you know, very high. I think now it, it has also given us an opportunity to be innovative, to to do things, you know, that we we didn't do before. I mean, what we're doing now at our training academy is that everything is now virtually instructor-led. But because of the environment that we're in, not everything can be via online. We do need a face-to-face because now um, learners or employees still have to do the practical component and do assessments face-to-face. So we still have that gap that, you know what, we cannot replace the old with the new yet. But I think COVID as well has given us an opportunity to rethink, restart, and, you know, remove as well. So I think it's not, it must not be seen as just the job losses and all of that, maybe we needed new ways of doing things. So you know, it's the new normal. 
People are saying what you were saying about respect and all of that. They say it's their motto on a WhatsApp line. And they also say, please, this is both men and women. Please, can we have the career hub numbers? Okay. Um, Um, The career hub numbers. Okay. Do you want it now, Manja? Please, this is Millie. Bye, Nyak. So the career hub numbers are 66 216 7562 7562 so I'm only on WhatsApp and on that career hub they'll find me and then I'm only on LinkedIn so they can inbox me on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Says Millie. I think in in the next life you're going to be a minister of education, you you would fit well in that portfolio because uh, you are the kind of person that says skills, obviously learn the skills that lend you the job, that make you independent, that give you the freedom and all of that. I think uh, when uh, Panyaza says he needs help, I'm sure you'll raise your hand because you've started. Yeah, you've already, and you know what, the government's door is always open, so, you know, employers must tap in. True that. Yeah. True that. I wish I'll talk. Asmili, many thanks. You make the country great. Please continue with the skills development because in time, we will bridge these gaps that we have. Thanks, Manja, for having me and you know, thank you to those who are listening. So, yeah, if they want to reach me, they can come at the EIC Academy. Um, we're based here in Pomona.